From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, the Lord's name be praised. Friends, welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or here in the sanctuary for the first time in a while or with us at home, it is a great joy to worship with you today. We welcome you. You are always welcome home here at Morrisville Presbyterian Church. If you are present in our sanctuary today, we would invite you to take that red familiar friendship folder and fill it out. We do need to take note of all those in attendance and your, uh, your willingness to do that would be very helpful to us, so thank you. As a reminder, immediately after worship, we will be holding our congregational meeting for the purpose of electing new officers. Please plan to remain seated in the sanctuary. And if you are worshiping from home, please exit the live stream and log on to Zoom during the postlude so we can begin as quickly as possible. We've never done it this way before, friends, but we are going to do our best. And Pastor Alex will be online with folks, and I will be here with folks in the sanctuary. We've really never done it this way before. As you may have noticed when pulling into the church today, our parking lot was resealed in the last two days. It will be restriped in the coming days to uh, make sure parking is a little easier and self-explanatory. But you may recall that about four years ago, thanks to the careful planning of our trustees, our parking lot was repaved and this resealing was always a part of that plan to ensure that it remains safe and smooth for decades to come. And so we appreciate your flexibility with us today. Unfortunately, due to the timing, which was out of our control, this meant that the car wash we had planned on today had to be canceled. And so while you cannot have your car washed today, there is an incredible bake sale. I mean incredible bake sale outside and a stock sale, both of which you can read about on the back of your bulletin to support the youth in mission trip, which leaves in about two weeks. And given the circumstances, I would encourage you to offer thankfulness for a brownie in the same way you might for a car wash today and to offer that generosity in abundance. We, are, we regret the circumstances and apologize for them, but we'll, we'll lean upon your generosity as you so often are generous, especially toward our youth in mission trip today. So they will be ready for you with many baked goods and stock sale again to invest in this incredible mission and ministry in the life of our church. And finally, it is with deep sadness, but with sure and certain hope in the resurrection to eternal life, that I inform you of the death of Dot Barker. Dot was a longtime member of MPC and died peacefully this morning, surrounded by her children. For more details uh, about a service, those will be forthcoming, and I uh, would ask that you please keep Dot's family in your prayers today. Beloved church, what a gift it is to gather what a gift it is to worship God. What a privilege it is to be a part of God's church, to be a part of God's work in this world, especially today. So let us worship God together. And it's still me today. I apologize. Please stand and join me in our responsive call to worship. The voice of the Lord is over the waters, the God of glory thunders. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. 
The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the forest bare, and in his temple all say, Glory. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Let us worship God together. You may be seated. The voice of the Lord calls us from near and far, beckoning us to be with God in love and life and peace. So let us take the first step towards peace today, towards our God, and confess our sins using the prayer of confession as it is printed in your bulletin, followed by a time for silent confession. Merciful God, more times than we can count, we have put you to the test, seeking to guide your will, clinging to control that was never ours to claim, all the while hardening our hearts to glimpses of your power and your love revealed all around us. We forget that you soften hearts for a living. We forget that you alone are God, Forgive us when we try to take your place. Forgive us when we let other idols in our lives take your place. Heal us of our sin. Wash us in your mercy. Give us hearts that are softened by your grace and open to you alone. Beloved church, the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Be assured that God's grace is greater than anything we could ever hope or imagine. And so let us rejoice together and proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Friends, I know it has been a long time, but we have the opportunity to sing this morning in worship, so I am going to invite you to stand and join together in singing the Gloria Patri as it is printed in your bulletin. And if you have forgotten, or this may be a little rusty, James will lead us in the Gloria Patri. So please stand as you are able and join together in singing. As we have been sharing the peace of Christ with one another these days, we're going to do it again, and it goes like this. We share it in American Sign Language. The peace 
Make a C with your hand of Christ be with you. We're going to do that one more time. Your hands are like this together, and they turn, and they go push down. The peace of Christ with a C be with you. One more time. The peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Please turn around, look one another in the eye, share that peace with one another. I would now like to invite our young friends forward. If there are any young friends, you can come with us. Hello, Tucker. It is good to see you. Hello, MJ and Ben. Hello, hello. What'd you say? At least I'm not the only one. That's true. It's nice. We have friends today. Well, it is so great to see you all. It's so great to see every, all of you. Um, so I want to tell you a story about my friend Moses, okay? You might know the story of Exodus, right? And in the story of Exodus, God wants the people of Israel to leave Egypt because the Egyptians are kind of making the Israelites stay in Egypt. They, the Israelites would like to go back to their home, right? And so God tells Moses, Moses, take my people to Israel. Leave Egypt. And so the one way that God wants Moses to do this is to talk to the head Egyptian, the Pharaoh, right? But Moses, Moses doesn't like talking to other people. Moses is kind of shy. Moses doesn't like public speaking. And so he says to God, he says, God, I don't like public speaking. How can I talk to Pharaoh? Pharaoh's like the president of Egypt. And God says, I will be with you. God tells Moses to take Moses' staff, this walking stick, kind of like this one that I have here. And God says, if Pharaoh doesn't listen to you, drop your stick. And it'll turn into a snake. Isn't that amazing, right? And so Moses isn't sure if this is going to happen. So Moses goes to Pharaoh, and the Pharaoh doesn't, doesn't agree with Moses. He doesn't listen to Moses. He's not letting Israelites leave Egypt. So Moses drops his, his stick, and it turns into a snake. And then a couple other things like that happen. God does signs for Moses and the Israelites. And then Pharaoh finally catches on that God wants the Israelites to leave Egypt. And so a lot of us don't really carry walking sticks a lot anymore. Or a lot of us don't, I mean, they don't often turn into snakes. But what this reminds me is that God helps us like God helps Moses when we need it, right? Like, I get nervous when I talk up here, and God sends me peace in my heart so that way I can speak to the congregation. God sends me people like you, friends, who can help us when we're nervous. 
right? And so what I want you to do is I want you to be on the lookout for the ways that God has guided you and helped you this week, okay? Do you think we can do that? All right, all right. Well, let us pray. Repeat after me. God, we thank you. God, we thank you. For helping Moses and all of us. For helping Moses and all of us. And we pray. And we pray. That you show us how you help us. Each day. Each day. Amen. Well, it was great to be with you. You can go ahead and go to Time for Music with Mr. Carpenter in the back. All right. Thank you. Let us pray together again. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us this day. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us this day. Melt us, mold us, fill us and use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us this day. Soften our hearts to your word. Open our hearts to your voice. And in the words read and proclaimed this day, may all of it point to you and to your goodness and your mercy and your love in this world. May we be agents open to hear and then to go and to love and to serve. In your name we pray, amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Exodus. Selections from both the fifth and the seventh chapter. And this is coming upon Moses. He has been commissioned by God through the burning bush, which you may recall, to go to Egypt, as Alex referred to with the children, to ask Pharaoh to let God's people go. And we are entering into their first and into their second and third encounters here. It is not going well. But let us listen to the words in Scripture this day. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, so that they may celebrate a festival to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should heed him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, perform a wonder, then you shall say to Aaron, take your staff, throw it down before Pharaoh, and it will become a snake. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did as the Lord had commanded. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a snake. 
Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men, the sorcerers, and they also, the magicians of Egypt, did the same by their secret arts. Each one threw down his staff, and they became snakes, but Aaron's staff swallowed up theirs. And still, Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he is going out to the water. Stand by at the riverbank to meet him and take in your hand the staff that was turned into a snake. Say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, sent me to you to say, let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. But until now you have not listened. Thus says the Lord, By this you shall know that I am the Lord. See, with the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water that is in the Nile, and it shall be turned to blood. The fish in the river shall die, the river itself shall stink, and the Egyptians shall be unable to drink water from the Nile. The Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over its rivers, its canals, and its ponds, and all its pools of water, so that they may become blood. And there shall be blood throughout the whole land of Egypt, even in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded in the sight of Pharaoh and of his officials. He lifted up the staff and struck the water in the river, and all the water in the river was turned into blood. And the fish in the river died. The river stank so the Egyptians could not drink its water, and there was blood throughout the whole land of Egypt. But the magicians of Egypt did the same by their secret arts. So Pharaoh's heart remained hardened, and he would not listen to them as the Lord had said. Pharaoh turned and went into his house, and he did not take even this to heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> well, if you're anything like me, this text may have brought back memories of Charlton Heston commanding Yul Brenner to let my people go in the 1956 classic, The Ten Commandments. Thanks to the silkscreen of Hollywood, a great number of people know this story. Perhaps those who have not even read the scriptures, they know this story and they know it well. There's Pharaoh. A king of Egypt, stubborn and set in his ways, unwilling to shut down the economy, his economy, in order to be rid of the plagues of God. And there's Moses, an older man with a stutter, a sheep herder way past his prime, who was raised as a child in Pharaoh's court, now is called out from retirement by God to lead the people out of Egypt. I have heard the cry of my people Israel, says the Lord, the cry of their oppression as slaves in Egypt. I have come to deliver them, and you will lead them out of Egypt into the land I have promised. 
So go to Pharaoh, command him to let my people go. It's a tale we've heard before. Likely more times than we can count, and those of you who know it well will know that the snakes and the river of blood were only the beginning of the plagues to come. Only the beginning of the signs and wonders God would perform to try and bend Pharaoh's will, to soften his heart. But as we see in today's text, and as we would see if we kept on reading, Pharaoh did not give Moses what God demanded. Because as scripture puts it again and again, Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Those of you who know this story really well, and it's probably just a few of you who know this detail, but you will know that Pharaoh's hardened heart is more complicated in Scripture than it first appears. You see, while there are certainly segments of this story, like the portion we read today, riddled with the truth that Pharaoh's heart was hardened, or Pharaoh hardened his own heart, there are also moments, complicated moments, in the text where God says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. As you might imagine, this is a complex reality to bump up against. If God is the actor causing the hardness of Pharaoh's heart to grow more and more severe, then is God allowing the people to remain enslaved? Is God bringing these plagues again and again for God's own pleasure or God's own purpose? For hundreds of years, biblical scholars have wrestled with this idea of God hardening Pharaoh's heart. And I don't want to get us especially stuck here today, but if you are curious to learn more, I am happy to guide you toward a plethora of scholars who have wrestled with this very question. But I bring it up because on a very human level, it makes a lot of sense to me. After all, if we live, if we live our lives by, by lies and falsehood or, or in stubbornness and anger or, or by violence and manipulation, if this is how we live our lives over and over for long enough, eventually, eventually God may give us up to what we keep choosing is there any other choice we could make? Not because of God's design, but because it is the choice we continue to make. Could we see or do anything else? And when I think about that idea, I think about times I've gotten angry about things. Maybe you can imagine times you've been angry about things. And I don't mean just angry. I mean righteously angry about things. I've been wronged. I am right. Anyone who disagrees with me will be crushed under the weight of my righteous indignation. It feels good when we put on that righteous anger. At least in the moment it does. It feels good. Like a suit of armor that fits perfectly. It feels powerful, unstoppable. It feels right. It is right, actually. And like Pharaoh, it's amazing how quickly we can add fuel to our own righteous fire. 
Suddenly we become collectors of information and people who agree with us. We bring in the magicians who can perform at our command. Our social media feeds and carefully chosen news outlets become echo chambers where we can feel righteous and powerful and unstoppable and right. Even if, according to God, we are so very, very, very wrong. The feelings we feed become so powerful that eventually God may give us up to what we keep choosing. And it's hard to see or do anything else. Who cares if the rivers are filling with blood? I'm right, and you are wrong. In these moments, is it, is it we who continue to harden our own hearts? Is it God giving us up to what we keep choosing? Again, I'll leave that one for you to take home and dwell upon. Pharaoh's heart was hardened one way or another. And as I've been thinking about it and poring over this scripture this week, I, I have gotten to the place where I feel like in the same way Pharaoh's heart was heart hardened, our hearts too have been hardened. And I say that because after the last 15 months, how could they not be? After 15 months of stress and fear, and anger, and heartbreak, and grief, and despair. How could they not be? After an exhausting year of political divisiveness, of racial reckoning in the streets, of a global pandemic, how could they not be? Certainly, Certainly, there are ways in which the pain of these past 15 months has brought out the best in us, has caused our hearts to break open. You know as well as I do the unbelievable ways we as a church, as a community, as a world, have moved to generosity and compassion this past year, perhaps in ways we have never felt so moved before. That has not been absent but also, but also, in more substantial ways than we would care to name or admit, there has been an, a hardening, a hardening in our hearts. And again, it's not surprising. After all, if we were to let in, if we were to truly let in all of the grief of this past year, we would be utterly consumed by it. Uncertain if we could emerge from it. If we actually took in the weight of 600,000 deaths in this country, if we truly took that into our hearts and souls, I do not know that our hearts could bear it. And so whether out of self-protection or righteous anger or pure exhaustion. Our hearts have grown a little harder this year. They've had to. 
We've hardened our defenses, hardened our convictions, hardened our hearts, certain that every stand we've taken, every position we've held, every argument we've had with a friend or a spouse, every time we've been right. That's how our hearts have allowed us to sleep at night. And I won't presume, I won't presume at all to know the particular ways in which your heart has felt hardened this year. Toward what? Or toward whom? But I imagine someone comes to mind. Or something comes to mind. A friend or a spouse a child, a church, a country, rules you didn't agree to, conditions you find infuriating, leaders you would rather see removed. I don't know what particular hardening you have felt. But I will ask you today, as I have asked myself many times this past week, What would it look like or feel like if you let that hard shell that's been growing be broken open or perhaps just cracked, just cracked? There is a Hasidic tale within the Jewish tradition in which the student goes to the rabbi and asks a question about the Shema. If you'll remember, the Shema comes from Deuteronomy. It stands at the center of the Jewish faith. The Shema is perhaps as familiar to the average Jew as the Lord's Prayer is to the average Christian. It's often the first prayer Jewish children learn it becomes part of ritual practice day in and day out. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And as the tale goes, as this Hasidic tale goes, the student goes to the rabbi and asks, why does Torah meaning the Hebrew Bible. Why does Torah tell us to put the words of the Shema on our heart as opposed to in our heart? And the rabbi responds to the student and says, it's because in its natural state, our hearts are too hardened so that the words can't actually be placed in our hearts. They must be placed on our hearts. But in the course of living, in the course of living this day-to-day -day life, your heart will break open. And then the words will have the chance to fall in. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
and with all your soul and with all your might. I wonder what other words might fall in if our hardened hearts began to soften. I'm sorry. I forgive you. I love you. I didn't know what to say. You have never been forgotten. You are not alone. I am here. I've got you. I've got you, and I am so grateful for you. You are beloved of God. You are beloved of God. You are beloved of God. Let my people go. Oh, that our hearts might crack open even for a moment. Who knows, who knows what might fall in. Amen. Beloved, beloved of God, let us begin the process of softening our hearts by joining our voices with those of saints long past. Having heard the word read and proclaimed this day, I'm going to invite you to stand and respond by affirming what we believe using words from a brief statement of faith. Please rise and together let us state what we believe. We trust in God, whom Jesus called Abba, Father. In sovereign love, God created the world good. God acts with justice and mercy to redeem creation. In everlasting love, the God of Abraham and Sarah chose a covenant people to bless all families of the earth, hearing their cry. God delivered the children of Israel from the house of bondage. Loving us still, God makes us heirs with Christ of the covenant. Like a mother who will not forsake her nursing child, like a father who runs to welcome the prodigal home, God is faithful still. Please be seated. Beloved Church, we have the opportunity to sing our middle hymn this morning. So I am going to invite you to join together in singing hymn number 729, Lord, I Want to Be a Christian, as James will be leading us. Lord, I want to be a Christian in
beloved church, let us take the opportunity now to turn to God in prayer. Let us pray. O God of Israel, the world and all that inhabit it, you are the light of the hearts that know you, the life of the souls that love you, the strength of the actions that seek you. To turn to you is to rise and to abide in you is to stand fast forever. From the beginning of time until now, you have broken through the barriers of our hardened hearts to speak forth a word of joy, a word of wisdom, a word of guidance. So we give humble and glorious praise to you for your constant love and direction, O Lord. Almighty God, we pray for those locked in the circumstances beyond their control or within the grip of their isolating ways, where people look at one another with skepticism and hatred in their hearts, teach us ways to reconcile our differences, where families are separated by anger and loneliness, Give us love that overcomes delusion and rebellion. Where nations fight internally or with one another, teach us to live in peace and harmony. Where individuals are overcome with the problems that they face, give them your peace and your love and your support that surpasses human understanding. Eternal God, ruler of all things in heaven and on earth, accept the prayers of your people this day and strengthen us to do your will. Where there are signs and seeds of peace, as big as sticks turning into snakes or as tiny as the softening of hearts, Help us to celebrate their presence. Help us to nurture them with vigilance. Help us to rejoice in their growth. We pray all these things in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, as a reminder, if you are a member here, please remain seated for our congregational meeting. If you are joining us from home, we invite you to log in to Zoom momentarily. Friends, there is a hardness that each one of you knows in a particular way. And today I invite you to ask yourself what words might be waiting to fall in if that hard shell might not even just break but crack if only for a moment, what God might do through the softening of our hearts with one another, with the world, 
with those God calls us to love. As we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you are called to love, and with those you love this day and forevermore. And together we say, Amen. Thank you.